Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to Beekeeping for Newbies. As always, I do appreciate you taking the time to listen. And uh, my whole groove and rhythm and everything is completely out of whack right now. So I am, uh, I am broadcasting to you from a hotel right now. And uh, it's kind of weird. Uh, there's a lot of nuances and weird things. So last week I was on the road and uh, I put together a, a combination of a microphone with some headphones and uh, the regular sound software that I use for all of my editing already anyway. It's called Audacity. It's A-U-D-A-C-I-T-Y. It also has a feature baked into it where you can do recording as well. So I thought, all right, we'll give that a shot. So absolutely love this. This is not a paid advertisement, but I think it's a free app. I think you can make donations to them, so I'm absolutely going to make that make a donation. I think I did when I first started using it, but definitely a good app. So try that out for any of your sound editing and recording needs. Anyway, so I am here in a hotel, and I think I've got everything working. I'm really excited about this. I was playing around with the software because you may or may not hear it, but there's a air conditioning unit in the room that is making this obnoxious hum, and it won't stop. It does show up in the uh, recording, but I've tweaked it a little bit. I think I maybe got rid of that. So uh, today, before I flew out, I actually downloaded some of my audio files and things. So if I didn't tell you, you may not know that I am not in the regular studio, a.k.a. the back of my bedroom. Okay, so let's just jump right in here. I've got a whole bunch of stuff. So this is B-Buzz episode 10, and the reason it's a B-Buzz is because there's just so much going on, and I just want to put it all out there in a complete random and chaotic and orderless way. So uh, that's what we're going to do. Okay, let's see. Let's start, first of all, big special thank you. Now, as many of you know, the podcast was number six in Trinidad and Tobago a few weeks back. Number six, that's pretty solid. Special thanks to Norway. We were number 12 and number 13 two days in a row. So thank you for the folks in Norway who are really stepping up their game. Really appreciate that. And on that note, now well, in the U.S., we're still hovering around 30 right now. We've gotten down into the teens before. We've gotten a little higher than that a few dozen times, but anyway, we're hovering right around 30, so that's pretty cool, and it's fun, and all good things. Let me take a quick peek here at the Discord room for a live shot. So we have 20... Sorry, I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't broadcasting live in the Discord room right now, but we have 21, I think, members, not including myself, in the Discord so far, so that's super awesome. Uh, the activity is starting to ramp up. People are talking a little more, and uh, I'm really hoping that that will continue. Okay, so going on to the notes here. Uh, you know, when, when I first, well, I put out a feeler not long ago just within the Discord saying, hey, what do you guys prefer? Do you like, you know, longer uh, longer episodes, 30 to 60 minutes? You know, what, what do you prefer? Do you want to do 
smaller chunks of, you know, 10 to 15 minutes at a time. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you just, you're not going to make everybody happy. And it's not, the, the fortunate thing here is it's not a situation where everybody's paying for it and they're angry that they're not getting their money's worth. So I think that it's kind of nice that it's not a uh, charged engagement here. But I'm trying to find a balance between, you know, things that work for some people and maybe not for others. Like I personally, I listen to podcasts primarily only if I'm making long drives. Like if I'm in my area driving around, you know, to the store or something like that, whatever. Okay. But if I'm on any kind of a road trip, that's where I like to get the podcast going. I can listen to those multi-hour podcasts. And okay, I hear the people in the hallway. There is a collegiate swim team in the hotel. I walked in to check in about 45 seconds before they showed up. So they are now filtering in through the hallways and uh, I don't know anything else other than they are my background noise, but they've been really nice and and cool. And let's see, anyway, so I'm going to try to keep the bee buzzes in that like 10, 15, 20 minute range and the regular episodes you know, we're going to let them run as long as we can, that 30 to 45 minute range. I just, in my mind, I kept thinking if they're too long, people are going to tune out. I just thought that some people would be like, yeah, it's, it's 45 minutes. I can't, I can't be on that long. But I've had several people that have said like, no, I, I prefer to have the multi-hour ones. I'll pause it and come back later and keep on listening. You know, I, I will ramble. I mean, that's not a problem for me to, to talk and, and run my mouth. So I'm more than happy to do that. Uh, okay, so let me go back to the notes here to make sure there's so much I'm trying to keep track of. Okay. Now, you know, in the past, we've primarily just answered questions via email. So somebody sends in an email and, you know, I respond to them. And sometimes it's not even for a couple of weeks, which I feel really bad about. But with the Discord room, I think I'm able to respond a little bit quicker, which I, I definitely prefer that. But... I think as we move forward, you know, those topics that are really, really good, you know, we only have, like I said, it's only like 20 people right now in the Discord. So there's still thousands of people out there that, that aren't getting those immediate answers like they're seeing in the Discord room. And I want to make sure that we're getting that information out to them as well. Yeah, I'm just kind of flipping through the notes here. Yeah, the one thing I did have in my notes, which is important, when you know, you have to be careful what you ask for because I'm finding myself, I don't know if you've seen those commercials or not, but they're the commercials where... It has, um, the, what do they say in there? It's like, we can't help you from becoming your parents, but we can help you save on your insurance. It's like the guy, you know, where he's like coaching dads and stuff like, no, you don't have to straighten the line out. Like, hey, look on the elevator. Everybody's facing the other way. Go ahead. You know, like that whole, that whole kind of stuff, you know, or he goes up to get the autograph in the, in the guy's book. He's like, can I get your John Hancock here? Like, that is typical characteristic dad stuff. And it's, it's kind of like an illness. Like you don't, you don't know you have it until it's too late, basically. Like it's one of those things where you, you have to admit that you have a problem. You know, you have to admit that you're kind of a dad. And I mean, so I'll give you an example of one that, that I used to do. And I, again, you know, it's a, it's a process. You're not going to fix it overnight. But like you go into a restaurant and someone's like, hi, you know, I'm, I'm Caitlin. I'll be your server. And here I am. Hi, I'm Jeff. I'll be eating today. And, like, they giggle in a friendly way. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, they think it's funny. They don't think it's funny at all, right? I figured this out because my oldest daughter used to be a server. So she's kind of updated me on how all that really works. So it's not funny. It's not funny. It's actually pretty sad. So dads out there, you know, guys who have broken that probably, like, age 38 to 40 kind of threshold, 
be aware of this. Be self-aware, right? You don't have to do that. You know, it's it's just it's going to happen to you. Embrace it, but you know, at some point you're going to have to get some help. So that's that's what you're going to be running up against if you allow me, you know, free reign to talk for hours on end. Now, somebody also had an idea about bringing in video too, which I I like that idea. I think it's it's kind of um, fun, but. You know, also, again, since most of everything is kind of chaotic, I think you would just look and you'd be like, oh, that's the back of a hotel room. Or, you know, you'd be looking in the background and be like, why does this guy have that junk? And I, I don't know. I feel like there's – I have to get a studio of some sort set up or do something. So there, there are things that can be done. It's, it's on my radar. I definitely appreciate the suggestion. Okay, let's jump into bee-related topics here. I got my first pollen alert yesterday. So I got it yesterday and I got it today. Now these, I've mentioned them before, but you can just go to pollen.com. You put in your zip code, you sign up for the alerts, and they will email you every day. As long as the pollen threshold is above a certain number, I think they base it on like 1 to 12. As long as it's above that, you know, whatever that 3 threshold is or whatever whatever the number is, it is their minimum, you'll get an email every day. So I started getting those yesterday. And, you know, people, uh, somebody recently asked in the Discord, like, hey, what should I be doing at this time of year? We're getting really close to bee season. You know, what do I do? And so I would say that this is kind of early on my, not necessarily bee season, but this is starting to let me know. I got, you know, we got the alerts for juniper and alder in my area. And again, your area, you know, you'll see different things there, but that's what I've got the alerts for. That's Zyrtec warning number one, right? So as soon as those alerts start coming in, I start popping the Zyrtec. And uh, I'll run that through, you know, for a couple of months, and then I'm generally fine. But at least that lets you know that some of the tree pollens and some of the other things are starting to come in, at least in my area. We always get fooled on this. I have this happen, you know, probably, I don't know, three out of four years, two out of three years, whatever it is. You get this really nice burst of, of, you know, like 50s and 60s. It's like, oh, my God, we're going to have an early spring. Yeah, this is great. And then you have three weeks where it just it's freezing and I've lost hives that way. I've lost colonies from when they start using the last of their stored resources to rear brood and then it gets really cold Then they don't have enough left over to feed themselves. So it is definitely something that can happen, you know, losing the colonies because of these weather things. So pay attention to it. Um, we'll, we'll come back to it too. There's a couple other things. I made some other notes as well, but we are going to come back and, and discuss some of those early season things that you might see as well. There is another thing I would mention probably along the lines of what am I doing to kind of prep. Like right now, we talk about Varroa and treating for Varroa. I just bought this thing, and I mentioned it before, but it's the Instant Vap, I-N-S-T-A-N-T-V-A-P, from laurabees.com. It's L-O-R-O-B-B-E-E-S.com. They're not you know, a paid advertiser. I get nothing for free. I paid full price for what I bought from them. I will definitely do a video and review this thing, but what it is is an oxalic acid vaporizer. So if you think about what you have to do right now when you're treating with Apovar, you go into the colony, you open everything up, you put the Apovar strips in, you leave them there for a few weeks, you know, basically about a month, and then you take them off, and then you can put your honey supers on. And if you are treating for Varroa, you don't put honey supers on. Well, it's tough, right? Because in the spring, they start cranking out honey. They're making, you know, they're laying a lot of brood. There's a lot of nectar and pollen and everything is coming in. And you're like, crap, man, I'd love to have honey supers in there for me. 
Now, again, what you can just put a honey super in there for them. You know, that's fine if you want to do that or do a second deep or whatever you got to do. There's, there's ways to work around it. But with this particular thing, and it's expensive, I'll talk about that too, but with this particular device being able to use a vaporized oxalic acid, you do a treatment and you're done. I mean, you, you vaporize the hive, you know, close it up, wait 15 minutes or so, and then let them, you know, open back up and do their thing, and you're done. I mean, that's it. Now, and then you can retreat based on whatever schedule that you've established, you know, do a mite wash, you know, in a couple of days or a week and see what you get. But yeah, those things are super cool. So I am going to be treating my bees. I, I wanted to do it this past weekend. It didn't happen. It's probably going to happen next weekend. So within the next, you know, few weeks, I will get a treatment done early. And then the first time I open up the colonies next month, I will start doing my mite washes and checking them out to see see how they've done over the winter with the mites. So that's something that you should be thinking about as well. When you get to that point where you can open up the hives and get in there and start doing your, some of your spring cleanup, you know, be mindful of getting those Apovar strips in or whatever your technique is you're using, get that going early so that if you do plan to get honey out for yourself, you can get those Apovar strips out before you start putting your honey supers on. Okay, the next thing I have here is... Uh, you know, I was thinking about, you know, I think I've told everybody before that but my, you know, my bees are not with me right now. They're, they're, I don't even know what you call it. They're like on a work, a work release program or something. They're somewhere else being cared for and in exchange for their care. And it's almost like an insurance policy. Somebody else has them. They're caring for them. If anything happens to them, they're responsible for them. They can pull splits off of them as long as I get back the percentage that I've agreed to receive back upon the termination of this agreement, I will have more bees than I've been left with or than I originally sent out, and they're being well cared for in a responsible, productive area of the South. And as I get to a point where I can bring them back home, I will do so. So I thought, well, let me just check out what the pricing is. I've got a couple colonies. I'm just going to split them up, maybe even do some queen rearing, and I'll probably you know, ramp up what I have locally just to have some for me to have around because I go a little nutty if I don't have honeybees around. So I thought, well, let me just look around because people always ask, you know, like, hey, how much do package bees cost? And my mind is still stuck on the old days. Like, oh, they're about 100 or 125 bucks a piece. You're better off if you can go pick them up. If you can't, you can have them delivered, 35, 50 bucks per package, something like that. You know, have good communication with your local U.S. Postal Service because most of them will flip out with honeybees. I mean, and, and I get it. I get it. it. It's ignorance. They just don't know that they're pretty safe. So they will kind of freak out on you a little bit. I went to a place that I had bought bees from years ago. And for me to get five packages of three pounds of honeybees with a queen, shipped to my house, it was $853.30. I just, I couldn't believe that. It was over 170 per colony. So I did like the math on it and it's 141 per package and then $30 for shipping. And I'm like, what in the world's going on? So I thought, okay, well these people, there's something unique going on with them. They've lost their mind, something is going wrong. There's other things. And then I started thinking, like, well, yeah, maybe it's just because everything is more expensive, right? So if you think about the things that you have to use to feed, like if you have to supplemental feed massive quantities of bees 
and you have to buy pollen substitute for large numbers of bees. Like everything that you buy, the diesel for the trucks and the equipment that you're operating to move, you know, bees around. If you were paying two and a quarter or two fifty for diesel a couple of years ago, and you're paying five bucks a gallon now, like that cost has to go to somebody. So, like I said, I first thought these people were, had completely lost their minds, but the more I think about it, I'm like, yeah, maybe that's just the way it's going to be. So anyway, the next company I reached out to, another very reputable company, it was $917.60 for five of them shipped to my house, $183 plus per hive. That's just absolutely crazy. Like I remember buying nukes for like, you know, and even I'm not an old school beekeeper. Like old school beekeepers are like, oh, we used to do nukes for 25 bucks, 50 bucks. And like, I remember nukes at like one and a quarter. And being like, man, 150 for a nuke? Okay, well, I guess I got to pay it. And now, like, I, I saw nukes for like 250, 280, 300. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's crazy. I just don't know what to say on that one. But, you know, that's, it is what it is. But hey, you know, the economy is strong and things have never been better. I mean, it just ask people on TV, they'll tell you. Okay, that's as far as I'm going to go. I promise I won't be critical anymore. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening. I hope that you're enjoying the show and are finding the information to be useful and valuable. In order to help keep the lights on, we do need to take a quick commercial break. Thank you so very much for hanging in there, and I appreciate you. We will be right back. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, everyone, welcome back, and thank you for staying with us today. As always, feel free to reach out if you have any questions or comments. I always enjoy hearing about your experiences, answering questions, and learning more about the challenges you're facing in different parts of the world. So please keep them coming. It's Jeff at beekeepingfornewbies.com. Now let's get back to the show on the Beekeeping for Newbies radio network. Okay, that's not a real thing, but I'm trying to make it sound more official, so just play along, all right? Thanks a lot. Okay, uh, let's see. What is next? Oh, you know, so with all this on the expensive bees subject... I think what we need to do, and I need to make a note of it somewhere, because I say these things on the podcast. I say, hey, we need to talk about this in a future episode, and then I don't do it. So please hold me accountable. Drop me an email, jeff at beekeepingfornewbies.com, or uh, more on the bees at protonmail.com. Just shoot me an email and be like, hey, man, <laughs> don't, don't forget this. But I need to do a more detailed podcast on... Uh, and maybe even a YouTube video probably would be better, but something with dimensions and specifics around swarm traps, where to place them, how to build them, some of the ideas and things that work with them. Uh, I use this like swarm lure stuff on a regular hive that I stuck to a tree and I caught a swarm with it. It was pretty cool. We need to talk about that because I'm, you know, for recreational purposes, like around the house, I'm not going to go buy, I'm not going to buy more bees. It's too cross prohibitive. Like I said, I'll just do a, a small cell builder, I'll make a, I don't know, I'll make a dozen queen cells and then I'll just split them all and feed them and then, you know, I'll have a couple dozen extras around to play around with. Because you have to have something. If somebody calls and says, hey, I'm having a problem, can you show me something? I can just, yeah, come on over, let me show you right here in the backyard. 
So you, you got to have some of them around. Like I said, there's a good, there's a sanity component to it as well, which is also in my notes. Okay, so we're definitely going to talk about swarm traps and then also some of the things that you can do around catching swarms locally, getting on swarm lists and all of that. So I'll, I'll send an action item out to my secretary. Whoever wants to be my designated secretary, please remind me of that. Okay. One of the questions was, that came in on the email the other day. So it's the middle of the wintertime. You get one of those warm days where it's like 50, 60 degrees. And then after a day or two, it goes right back you know, to normal temperatures. But the bees come out. They're flying around like, where do they go? What are they doing? I mean, if they're you know middle of the wintertime, like what's out there? What do, what do they find? So the number one thing I would say is if you're in like a northern climate or somewhere where you have snow, this is pretty easy to observe. Uh, a lot of times they're stuck inside. Like they don't get a chance to get outside. So they are in the hive, you know, kind of like doing the pee-pee dance or the poo-poo dance, whatever you want to call it. And as soon as they have a nice day, they're going to go out and do a cleansing flight. And they're going to, you know, drop off Big Dew 6 all over the, the snow. So you'll see these trails and paths, you know, in the snow, just streaks of bee poop. So if you see that, it's not like your bees are hemorrhaging or anything weird is going on. That's just a normal process for them. But that's one of the things that they'll do on the nicer days. My bees are out, I would say, on average once a week, all winter long. It, they just, you know, you catch a day where it hits 47, 48, 50, they come out. I've had dandelion at my house. I meant to grab a picture the other day, but it got cold. And I went out the next day and the dandelions had kind of closed up. But we had dandelions. I, I saw a dozen of them, now, like I mentioned before in a previous episode. Like, I'm, I'm that neighbor with all the dandelions. So sorry to all the nice people around me who care about their yard and work really hard. My apologies. But I think I had like a dozen of them that I could see from my front door just the other day. So in the wintertime, I have honeybees that will leave, leave the colony, fly around on a warm day, and I will see them come back with pollen sacks loaded up with yellow pollen. My theory is that they're finding that they're finding my uh, my dandelions, but I get you know anything that could be in bloom at that time is fair game. Hopefully that helps with that a little bit. Uh, one thing that I did want to mention here is uh, I've heard a lot of people say that they listen on their commute, so I will definitely start bringing in um, you know uh, weather and traffic updates, primarily like traffic and weather together on the eights, that kind of thing. Uh, as I'm doing a podcast right now, it's 9.38 p.m., so I would do a traffic update for your area. It might be a little bit behind by the time you listen, but, you know. So today we'll do one for uh, we'll do one for California, so it's uh, 6.38 p.m. in California right now. we got a lot going on in the 101 and the 5 and the 405, and it's a lot of traffic and nobody's moving, and there's a motorcycle guy driving right down the middle. Okay, so we got that covered. Next thing I've got here, we did recently get on to uh, iHeartRadio. I did not know that we were not automatically being syndicated there through our podcasting provider. So we had to manually get that set up. So that is now going. So if you prefer iHeartRadio, you can listen to us there. The next subject I have, it's completely off topic. So I don't know how long this is going to take. If you want, if you don't want to hear about it at all, just for, fast forward about three to fifteen minutes or so. But I've had, I guess, I made a couple mentions about ham radio recently, and I've had a ton of emails and messages about that, which I didn't expect. But yeah, I'm I'm not like a, a ham radio expert by any means. I did single channel HF radio communications in the army when I was like. 
20, 19 or 20 years old. So just like five or 10 years ago, it was like just, just the other day or a really long time ago. But anyway, that is kind of what ham and amateur radio is. It's just, you know, messing around with single channels and, and, you know, like I said, that was HF. So you would have to have the second level of licensing. But anyway, since I brought that up, I've had several people ask questions and emails and I don't want to completely derail the topic or, or the, I'm sorry, the, um, the podcast here, but I will say a couple just quick items. If you want to be a ham radio operator, like if you have a passion for communications and you want to talk all over the world and all that kind of stuff, yeah, ham is a great thing to pursue. There are three licenses. You can get the first license is a technician, pretty easy to get. It covers all your like handheld stuff that you would do. And, you know, you can do a lot of stuff with it. But you're still relatively limited. You're not going to talk around the world. It's mostly a local kind of thing. Again, you do have to go take a test. And then if you want to get to the HF, the high-frequency stuff that gives you the real kind of global bouncing off the ionosphere kind of communications, that's a second test, a little bit harder. All of the tests are public knowledge. They are all put out there. All of the questions in the pool with the answers are public knowledge. So if you want to go out and, and you know learn that and... You can memorize really well. You can go that route. But there is an alternative. It's called GMRS. I don't even remember what it stands for, and I meant to, I meant to look that up. But it is uh, GMRS. You, you still have to register with the FCC, but you get like a family license. You know, and it's not like just the people with your address. It's, it's very extended. Like you, have, you can have a whole bunch of people on your license. But with that license, you can still use you have specific channels that you use and those channels are aligned to a frequency but you can use those radios you can use the repeaters which basically take your weaker signal and broadcast it to a greater area and depending on your area and your region and the things that may or may not block your signal and the you know air quotes kind of line of sight right that you have between radio to radio or radio to repeater you can talk a really long distance you can do a whole lot with GMRS, and again, it's a it's a fee that you pay the FCC versus having to go take a test. It and there are some out there that are really really great for emergency stuff. That's the primary reason that I have them. So you can get a GMRS radio that you can talk to your friends with. You can be out on the trail, camping, hiking, four wheeling, whatever you'd like to do outside. But you can also have this thing scan a ton of other frequencies. Even though you can't broadcast on the ham frequencies, you can still scan and listen to the ham frequencies. Even though you can't broadcast on like the air, you know, air traffic control frequencies, you can still listen to it. You can listen to emergency services. There's tons of different things that you can listen to. So I bring all this up, and again, I don't get any credit for this at all. But I have done business with this company before. I have three radios from them right now. I'm going to buy a fourth one. It is better safe radio.com and there is a guy on YouTube his YouTube channel is not a Rubicon like the Jeep Rubicon not a Rubicon this guy is, he's a funny guy he's got you know good sense of humor but he does tons of videos on GMRS and he has um, just a wealth of knowledge if you happen to decide you want to buy a radio from better safe radio he's an affiliate you can put not a Rubicon in the coupon code and you'll get five percent off Every little bit helps. But the company is run by, Better Safe Radio is run by a guy named Mark. Super good guy, really helpful. He pre-programs all those radios. The ones that I like are the W-O-U-X-O-N. 
Some people pronounce it Wuxan, some pronounce it Woshin. I don't know which one's right. But the UV-9, the Uniform Victor 9 series, that's the three that I have. My everyday carry is the UV-935 Golf. That's the one that's in my bag right now when I'm, you know, a thousand miles away from home, in addition to another radio that I have. That's a really, really useful thing. Again, I can turn mine on right now, and it's going to automatically, you know, scan all kinds of stuff so I can stay in contact with anything going on locally in the event of an emergency. If you're a preparedness-minded person and you want to have a way to listen, I think listening is far more important than, than transmitting and, and being able to talk to others, right? So if you can listen across the ham bands and you can, like another option you could do is you could do what they call software-defined radio. So you can put an antenna outside, connect it up to your laptop, and you can listen to everything on every frequency. But again, you don't get to transmit. Anyway, just wanted to bring that up because everybody, a lot of people were asking about it, and there is different options. I'm happy to talk about it again, and if, like, if people want to hear more about it, I'll, I'll talk about it, I'll make a separate episode, and I'll just call it Ham Only, No Bees, Sorry, or something like that. Okay, the other thing I have on my notes for today, so it's something, I wrote this up a while back, and I've kind of gone back and forth with it, but I'm going to go ahead and put it out there, and, you know, it is what it is, but... I had a, uh, a good discussion with someone over email, and then I think they're also in the Discord room now as well, which as a reminder on the Discord, if you just go to the Beekeeping for Newbies homepage on the uh, left side, I think it's about like halfway down, there's a link to the Discord. You can come on in, sign up, and uh, once you get signed up, I have to just move you over into a role so that you'll be able to see the whole room. I don't think you have full visibility as soon as you join. But anyway, we got a lot of chat going on in there, and it's a good place. But one of the people that is a listener had kind of reached out. We were chatting, you know, back and forth. And, um, you know, he basically said, hey, you know, I, I've been thinking about this idea. I'm not really sure, you know, where to go with it or what would make sense. But as a lot of people know, you know, there's um, 22, 22 veterans every day are lost to suicide. And, you know, as a, as a former non-commissioned officer in the Army, you know, that breaks my heart, man. I don't care what branch you're in. I don't even care if you were in the military. Just the idea of losing people is, is really, it's painful. And, um, you know, but I get it. You know, I get it. I know, I mean, I know that, you know, how real it is. And, you know, I don't think you have to be a veteran to suffer from trauma, anxiety, depression, PTSD, and other things. But when you take, you know, service-related mental illness, you combine it with government scandals and corruption and continuous bombardment with the hate messaging that we see in our country that the social media that is just manipulating everyone into hating everyone else and then of course on top of that you take three years of the never-ending virus stuff i mean this this stuff this takes a toll on people so think of all the things that are going on in our country and then on top of that add in the trauma that people experience as a result of service and it's just a big poop sandwich and um, I don't know I mean I, for me like I, I found that I I'm not very good at letting things out I just hold on to them I think that you look at things as a father as a leader you know whatever you're leading in in your life whether it's leading in your church or leading a community activity or leading a soldier or leading a platoon or a division I mean you just feel like you're a leader you, know, you have to you have to maintain a, a certain kind of image and I don't know. I just, for me, I, I, I just kept it to myself. I felt like it was weird. I just kind of thought, well, I've got it. I got it under control. You know, it's no big deal. 
You know, but I would say that I've learned through my own mental health journey is that, you know, your brain has to find a way to process things. It has to find a way to file those things where they belong, or at least a place where your brain can recognize and compartmentalize it or lock, lock the lock, throw the key somewhere. I, I kind of had this mindset that, you know, well, we'll just, you know, we'll just keep moving, just keep driving on, you know, suck it up and drive on. And, uh, but the reality is that you're going to deal with it. You're either going to deal with it when it happens or you're going to deal with it later or you're going to deal with it when it happens and think you're done, but you're not. But what ends up happening is your your brain comes back to you later on and it shows it. I've noticed it as I've gotten older. My ability to keep those things contained is not it's not there anymore. I mean, I, I don't drink any alcohol at all. Like I don't do drugs. I don't do anything. I can't. I, even if I wanted to, even if I wanted to, I can't because my brain is just... It just can't handle that stuff. I don't even. I don't, I don't want to like. I don't want to bore everybody with my my mental weirdness. But you know, years ago, I was talking with a uh, with a therapist, and I and I said, um, well, we went through a whole bunch of stuff, and she said, I want you to envision, you know, like your happy place. And so, me being the weirdo I am, I immediately thought of Happy Gilmore, like when Carl Weathers is talking to him, and he's like, "Go to your happy place." But anyway, I digress there. Um, when I created this kind of happy place in my mind, it was a small open area at my property with about 10, you know, beehives in a horseshoe formation kind of around me. And me just sitting there in this little lawn chair, you know, at about 8 o'clock in the morning. And the sun's not quite over the trees yet, but it's daylight. And uh, just, you know, big old cup of coffee. And I got my, the bees are just flying by and... Um, I mean, there's just nothing to me that's more peaceful and calming. I've seen a lot of cool things. I mean, I've, I've, you know, when I was a young man, I used to surf and spend a lot of time in the ocean. And, you know, I've sailed a little bit and I've hiked and I've been all kinds of places and done a lot of things that were fun and calming and relaxing, mostly when I was younger because I'm a little bit, a little bit beat up in my, my old age here. But there's nothing that I know of really that for me is more calming and relaxing than just sitting there and just hearing them kind of just go right past you because you're in the flight path. If you have them set up in a horseshoe like that, you're in the flight path. And they go flying by and you look over at one of the hives and you see those pollen sacks all loaded down, you know, with pollen. They're, they're flying in like a, you know, like a big cargo airplane that's fully loaded down and trying to land on an aircraft carrier or something. I mean, they're just, they're side to side and it's just, that's heaven on earth, man. That's, that's just the coolest thing to me. But that's how I find my peace. That's how I find my calm. And, I mean, that's that's my life now. I mean, that's what I, you know, I'm, I'm seeking peace. I'm seeking that, that tranquility and that escape. But I'm, I'm constantly trying to evade, you know, anger, hostility, stupidity, you know, to find that peace. So with that kind of lengthy topic intro... It was kind of proposed to me like, hey, is there is there possibly any therapeutic value in beekeeping? And I know what it does for me. You know, um, I know it was stressful at first, so there, you know, there's definitely a little bit of a comfort thing. It might take some time, but there's definitely a way. There's definitely a way to make at least the presence of bees or beekeeping therapeutic in one way or another so I so this gentleman kind of brought it up to me and something that I it had crossed my mind but I never really explored it to the level of depth that, that he did but being able to work with beekeepers and apiaries and mental health professionals kind of around the world 
um, well, I mean, I guess around the country, but you know, for that matter, around the world is fine too. But bringing people together who are struggling with various mental illnesses and getting, helping them create that happy place where they can, you know, where they can find that peace. And I mean, I, I'd love to find a way to be a part of that. And you know, maybe a specific program that can be established or educate small groups locally who can then go out and help others in their areas. Like I don't, I don't know how this might all come together. Um, but I mean, I know that the struggle is real, and if there's something that can be done in this space, you know, I want to try and figure it out. Um, it's not a definitely not a one-person show. It's going to take dozens and dozens of people and a lot of time. So it's probably going to be something that'll be slowly rolling at first. But I think it's it's a worthwhile pursuit. And you know, if anybody out there is a mental health professional and you want to share your thoughts on why this is a good or a bad idea, or if you want to offer up your counseling skills and be a part of this in some capacity, or, you know, maybe you know somebody who might want to, I'm all ears. You know, I, it's, again, it's not, I'm not trying to steal someone else's thunder here. This is not my idea. But at the end of it, I think nobody's trying to do this as like a big money-making scheme. Like, hey, I got an idea for a business. Don't tell anybody, right? We're, we're talking about it. We're having the dialogue because we want to find ways to help people. And, uh, you know, the gentleman who brought it up was a prior Army guy as well. So, you know, if you run a beekeeper, you run a beekeeper, if you run an apiary, if you sell beekeeping supplies or in any way at all tied to the industry and you have thoughts on this, man, I'd love to hear them. I'm not trying to get too many people spun up too early. I do have a lot of commitments right now and, and some obligations that I have to make sure I'm making good on every day. But, you know, we just we just want to kind of get the dialogue going and find out what, you know, what potentially... Uh, that, that we can do together. Is this a good idea? Is it a bad idea? Are there things involved that are just unsafe that just would potentially push people into a space that's not safe for them? Well, let's figure that out early, right? Let's not do things that are going to you know, do no harm, right? So I know we'll figure something out in one way or another. I'm just not sure how we get there. So I'm throwing it out there. A great topic of discussion for the Discord room and certainly something we can discuss by email. So it's jeff at beekeepingfornewbies.com or more on the bees at protonmail.com. And I definitely look forward to chatting with any and all of you. I, uh, I do have a separate kind of intro note that I address on the next episode that's coming out. It was, uh, it's a pretty lengthy thing I put together. I'm not going not gonna to give a spoiler on that one. But I do want to kind of wrap this bee buzz up here for the week or the month, or maybe if you based on the last, or based on the last one I released, it might be the, <laughs> the episode of the quarter. I'm so sorry. I really apologize. But definitely keep the questions coming, and um, we'll look forward to catching up with everyone in the Discord or by email or uh, whatever whatever is your preferred means of communication. And uh, I think that's about that. Anyway, folks, take care of yourselves. Be kind to one another, and we will talk to you very soon. Bye-bye. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.